You are listening to The Women of Kona, a feisty media production. We would like to thank our partners, Try Hard, That's It, Kerr Sports, USAT, and the Outspoken Summit. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode four of The Women of Kona. I am here with the lovely Haley Chura. I think we're going to call this episode... Oh, let's call this episode the lovely Haley Chura. How about that? <laughs> Perfect. I think that sounds great. It's a great title. Hey? Yeah, it's great. I'm happy to be here. I Sarah, I haven't seen you since like maybe, oh no, the summit, summit. But I remember Kona 2017, last time I was here, five years ago when you were first starting this and you were first starting the live shows. And so I feel like this has been like a very... I don't know, happy reunion. Wow, cool. I didn't realize that, that was the last time we've been in Kona together. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's been a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. So Haley, you just arrived. Oh, sorry. First, I have to thank our sponsors. <laughs> I'm going to be off track today, folks. I can, I'm just going to give you a warning. Curse Sports, Try Hard, That's It, USAT, and the Outspoken Summit. Thank you so much for your support uh, to help us be here. Um, Haley, you, so you just arrived yesterday. Um, so this is, that's a bit, wow. And you qualified, you only just qualified recently, right? Yes. Those two things are not unrelated. So I only qualified August 21st at Ironman Montremblant. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I know following your footsteps, um, with that win there. So I wasn't necessarily anticipating being in Kona, so had a great race there and I was hesitant on taking the Kona slot there. I was a little hesitant just because Tremblant is a race that definitely suits me a little bit more with it being um, a lot cooler. <laughs> a lot cooler. That's understandable. So I live in Montana, as most of the Iron Women podcast listeners know, and I was nervous about the heat here. So I'm, I was hesitant on taking this slot, but um, I'm so glad I did. And my mom told me that when I got off the plane in Hawaii, I'd be so happy I was here. And I did. I It's been five years. I think I like teared up a little walking off the plane. Aww. Wow. And so what is there, is there like, it's the sentimental value kind of of racing here? Yeah. Cause I first raced here in 2009, I was 24 years old and I was, you know, an age grouper and it's just been 13 years and you know, so much has happened. It feels like yesterday, but then also so much has happened. And I think I still really admire that 24 year old me who was so courageous and brave and came here and did not, that was my first Ironman yeah. who had no idea what she was getting into. And so I kind of tried to embrace that and, um, this was a tight turnaround and I was nervous about it and getting accommodation and, you know, flights and everything was a little bit hard, which is also why I kind of came in late, but honestly, it probably isn't that late. I arrived the same day, you know, same number of days I did before Tremblant and that worked. So yeah. maybe, maybe it's actually better. Yeah. And to not get too like caught up in the hype and stuff like that could actually help you. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a little bit of hype at the airport. I will say. <laughs> You, even in, I flew through Vegas and even in Vegas, I was like, this is so weird. Like everyone at this gate yeah. looks like a triathlete. <laughs> Hilarious. I know. I haven't done that in like five years where you're like getting on that Kona flight and you're like, oh, I'm going to the right place. Yeah. Have you been to town yet? I haven't. No, I've only just, I'm staying up in Waikoloa and I rode Javi this morning. So oh. that was what I did. I went up and rode, rode the, that part of the course and it was actually, so I raced here seven times before and I've never had it with that little wind it was oh, wow. wild it was not windy at all I mean maybe because I was up there pretty early but it was like a pleasant ride with no wind I was like this is very different like I just remember it being so cross windy but um it was like really nice or maybe I maybe I did heat acclimatize in Tucson maybe it worked oh Tucson <laughs> that would do it yes thank you to uh Lauren 
on Brent Ellabarger for being my my homestay, my my roommates there, but um, camp sponsors. But I I did try. I'm trying. I'm trying to handle the heat. Oh, you will handle the heat. You I didn't realize you'd race here so many times. You seven times. Yeah, four is an age grouper and three is a pro. So it's my eighth time here. Fourth is a pro. My yeah, fourth is a pro. And am I right that your best finishes? was 18th. Yes. That was in 2017, 18th. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're up from there, right? Yeah. No, I mean, that would be amazing. Especially now since they paid a 15th, <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to get a paycheck, but oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. See, I'm not really in the loop. They paid a 15 now. Yeah. They just started that. St. George was the first one where they paid the 15th, which is good progress, but this is a year of progress. Definitely. Um, you've been yeah. celebrating it all week, right? Yes, definitely. 50 women. Yeah, we have 50 women. We have we took I we have Andrew Messick coming up on the show. So when we after we like talk to him, I want to debrief with you okay. for sure about okay. about all of I'm that. Here too. I mean, that is, you know, I love like I love that's like a big thing that I love. That's why I do the Iron Women podcast is like bringing more attention to women in the sport and the pro women. And I love that we finally got 50 women. And I I did want to be a part of that. I think um, who I'm saying with Betty Janelle, who is also someone I reference quite frequently on Iron Women, you know, she she was like, you have to go try. You have to go to Trumbull and you have to try because you want to be a part of that. You want to be a part of that first ever equal women's pro field. And so that was that was part of why why I'm here and why I tried to qualify. And I am really, really happy I get to be a part of that. Amazing. And you, sorry, it was a bit of a journey like for you because you had, I know that you were not happy with the race that you had in St. George. Right. And so you had a, you had, you had a bit of a, would you call it that I, I always did well with this too. Like if I had something to prove after a bad race, I would often have a good, is that what Mont Tremblant was for you? No, not at all. <laughs> oh yeah. I just totally put words in your mouth. Sorry. Why don't you tell us about your story? Yeah, no, my swim was great in, in St. George and I, my training was really good. And that race just caught me really off guard. And I had like, a, I think I'm, pretty minor mechanical issue that I didn't know about until afterwards on the bike. And so that probably explained a little bit of why, why the day was so hard, but I was pretty much ready to just like eh, call it a career at that point. And, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, maybe I just don't have it in me anymore. So it was not, I didn't feel like I had anything to prove. I'm really happy with my career. And I, um, you know, I'm really, I, I've done so much, so much more than I ever thought. And, I, so I don't really, I don't feel like I have anything to prove, but I went to Tremblant because one, I raced there in 2013 and loved it. And then I, there were a few people that said, you know, I, I watched, I watched Lindsay Corbin race in Des Moines. I think it was Des Moines and she had had a tough day in St. George as well. And then came around in Des Moines and I just, was kind of inspired watching her fight for that finish there. And she got a Kona slot, unfortunately is injured and won't be here. But I think, um, you know, there were just some, some things like that, that kind of was like, okay, I'll give it one more try. You know, I'll just, there's still, I say I have nothing to prove, but I just definitely still have a few goals left in the sport. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't checked everything off my list. So it's, but I was, I was pretty down after St. George and I didn't feel like I needed to do another Ironman, but that opportunity came up and, um, you know, I got the right, the right, you know, fly in my ear saying, I don't know, is that a, is that a phrase? I just made that up. Yeah. I don't know. The bird on my shoulder. I don't know. If, oh, who does? It? Somebody does talk in your ear. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a fly, a bug. A bird? A bug? A bird. A bug. I don't know. <laughs> Betty was in my ear and she was like, you should do this. And so, um, and it was, and Tremblant is an incredible, I mean, you know, you've raced there, you've won there. It's an incredible venue, especially if you, you know, like some climbing and some milder conditions and a very logistically easy race if you stay in the village. And so it was just kind of, it was, it was really cool to be a part of that. And then I kind of had 
I, I was kind of going in not knowing what to expect. And I had the day, you know, a day that matched my training, which is, you know, hard to do actually in this sport. And so that gave me, you know, I was so, so, so thankful and grateful for that experience. And, um, and so, you know, I've, I've, I've recovered pretty well from that and had some really, really good training leading into this race. And so I'm actually pretty excited. You know, I don't feel a lot of pressure. I think this is a very different race for me because I did just do an Ironman six weeks ago and I definitely will be like maybe top five out of the water. We have this like incredible group of women swimmers, right? There's so many now. Yes. Although Rachel Zelinskis. Okay. My heart goes out to Rachel Zelinskis, who was third in Tremblant and also a University of Georgia swimming alum. She's 10 years younger than me. And I was really looking forward to trying to keep up with her, but she has a stretch fracture in her femur. So I think she will not be starting, but still between Lucy, Lauren, uh, Rebecca Clark, um, Pamela Olivera. Fenella. Fenella. I mean, there's so many really strong swimmers. I'm probably forgetting a few. I think it's it's gonna be a different, different dynamic. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, the swim definitely got faster. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, there's just like this good group. And um, and I think that will will change things. And then just having a bigger this is gonna be the biggest to start the field. bike. Yeah, biggest women's field that I've ever raced with here. And then also just not you know, having that be the front of the race. I think in 2017, I had raced the 70.3 worlds in Chattanooga the first time they split it to two days. And I just loved it. I mean, I remember there was this one moment where I got to like lead the whole race. And I was like, oh my gosh, all the cameras on me yeah. watching Daniela pass me. But, um, you know, so is that like kind of a secret sub goal? Like you're like, you, you'll have your fun group of gonna... swimmers, but like you might end up like in the front on bike a little bit. Like, I know? definitely understand why like the people in the Boston marathon, you always see those few people who just like take off and run like a four minute first mile. I get it. It's kind of fun. Even though you're like, oh, this probably isn't going to last, but they're um, doing it for their sponsors. So like, Hey, oh, yeah. The one thing I will say is that being 37 now, um, you know, with age comes a lot of wisdom and I'm very grateful for that. And uh, having a really good finish is a lot more fun actually than even oh. like leading for one minute in the start. <laughs> fair. That's a fair point. Okay. Let's take a little break. Coming up on the show, we're, we're talking to Andrew Messick, who we accosted in the hall at the King Cam. Uh, we got a local opinion and we talked to the winners of the Iron Kids one mile run after this. Whether you're training hard or working hard, That's It Bars are the perfect on-the-go snack. They are made 100% from real fruit, plus they are totally delicious and have been powering our Kona trip so far. It's always tricky to plan your nutrition when you're traveling, so having something simple and delicious to snack on has been a total game changer. That's It has a bunch of other on-the-go snacks as well, with all items containing six ingredients or less. And the best part, That's It is giving our listeners a special discount on all their products, just head over to thatsitfruit.com and use the code KONA25 for 25% off your order. That's 25% off your whole order at thatsitfruit.com with the code KONA25. Let's take a minute to talk about hair. If you do triathlon, you've probably asked yourself questions like, what's the best way to wear my hair during a race? How can I keep my hair healthy and hydrated? And how can I avoid my hair ending up in a giant knot? Enter TryHard. TryHard has pre and post swim solutions designed to reduce the absorption of pool and ocean chemicals into your hair. We love using TryHard's pre and post swim conditioner before and after every swim to keep our hair feeling great. TryHard also has a bunch of other products useful for triathletes, like their after swim body wash and recovery bath salts, which have been a hit with the feisties. Take care of your hair and skin with TryHard. Use the code FEISTYKONA for 20% off at tryhard.co. 
That's Feisty Kona for 20% off at tryhard.co. Okay, so full disclosure <laughs> for anyone who follows us on Instagram this morning, we said we were going to do that the episode was going to be about the industry. And we went down to the expo to try to grab some folks for some interviews. We had two people cancel on us. And a couple hours ago, we were sitting around going, hmm, what are we going to do for <laughs> what are we going to do for this episode? Um, and then Andrew Messick, the CEO of Iron Man, walked past us in the hallway and uh, we were in the hotel. And he uh, and I asked him if he would do an interview with us. So we got I got his take on the, you know, the Thursday race, all the logistics, everything is changing and the things people have been talking about here. OK, after all these years, Andrew, we finally have 50 women to Kona. Can we celebrate that for one minute? Absolutely. I, I think we're we're really excited about Thursday and, and having a women's professional race that is its own unique thing. And there's nothing to distract the attention of the media and people who love triathlon around the world. And all eyes are going to be on the front of the race and the best triathlete in the world is going to win. Amazing. And do you, we think, is it set up so that we have a woman, a woman crossing first? Do you think that'll, we'll be able to pull that off? We'd be shocked if it wasn't the case. Fantastic. I, I mean, you know, I think there are the best pro women are unbelievably fast. And the gaps between the men that are going to be racing are pretty substantial. Mm -hmm. And I think it would take uh, something really improbable mm -hmm. for the first person across the finish line to not be a woman. Amazing. Okay. And you've made the big move towards a women's only day next year. But we're sort of testing, as I understand, as I've seen you a couple times over the last few days, as I understand, kind of testing out having this number of people just here on the island this week, having two big race days instead of one. Um, so what is it going to take for to make sure that it's sustainable to have the two days of racing? I think the impact on the community is going to be the thing that determines our ability to be successful here in the long term over two days. Um, we need to be able to have a race that enables people who live in town to get to their jobs, for people to be able to fly in and out of the airport, for people to get to and from hotels, and for all the people who work to get to and from work at, at a time when you know, we know that there are going to be meaningful, um, you know, there's going to be meaningful road closures, and um, we need to get that right. And part of that is communication with the community to make sure people understand that on Thursday, it's going to be you know, a, a very unusual Thursday. Mm -hmm. And if we can manage our relationships with the communities and manage expectations and deliver what we say we're going to do, we're, we're really optimistic. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And what can the athletes do to help with that? Well, I think that the athletes, as part of our broader Live Aloha initiative, Part of what we need to do is we need to be good guests when we're here on the island. And we need to treat the community and the island and the people here with a lot of respect and recognize that while for athletes and their families, this is a dream, there's people who are living and working and getting on with their lives in town. And we need to be able to make sure that they feel that our athlete community treats them with respect and understands that um, 
you know, they're living their lives also. And, and we need to find ways in which we can coexist effectively. And if we can do that, I, I think we're going to pull it off. And one of the things I'm hearing from our sort of women's community at Feisty is that, you know, it seems like we, you know, we've been kind of about equal opportunity for a long time. And back in 2015, you know, we were asking to have equal slots for the female pros. And now I, I recognize and appreciate that you found a way to create equality for the age groupers, too. Um, and I think there's like a concern or there's like I hear vibrations of like that equal opportunity not being a priority necessarily and the logistical side kind of like coming in front of it or um, how does that how how do you make those decisions like how do you make sure that you're being fair to the women at the same time as like all the other kind of business decisions that you have to make and all the things with logistics that like I can't even imagine how difficult it must be in a race of this size well I think that what the series of decisions that we made this year around how to treat athletes, the people racing on Thursday versus the, the people racing on Saturday, you know, we decided that we were gonna have the exact same standards. And that even though it's materially easier for us to recruit volunteers on Saturday as opposed to Thursday, um, we're not doing anything different in terms of how we treat the Thursday versus the Saturday athletes. And I think that that was an important decision for us and, and one that really was rooted at its heart in wanting to make sure that we didn't have a different experience and that we were being equal to our Thursday and our Saturday athletes. And it's our expectation that we're going to continue that in the future. Great. Okay. Well, I think that's all the questions. Anything else you want to say to our feisty community? I think that um, we're really excited that that after all these years, we've been able to create an environment, at least in 22 and 23, where the decisions we have to make about who can get to this race aren't zero-sum. Mm. And, and when you only have one day of racing, the trade-offs that we've always had to make between men and women, professionals and age groupers, people who performance qualify or are part of the legacy program, all of those were extraordinarily difficult decisions because to give more to one group, another group got less. Mm -hmm. And by having a day, by having more slots to begin with, it makes it much easier and much better and we are out of the zero-sum part. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we really, really want to be able to keep. Mm -hmm. We think that our experience with 70.3 World Championships, having two separate days, a day for men and, and a day for women, has been an enormous step forward. Mm -hmm. And everything we've seen and experienced is that it will be the same way here if we can keep two days. Right. Well, we're excited. I know I'm stoked. These, the, my crew are stoked. Everyone I've talked to are really excited about. And, and especially next year with the Women's Only Thursday. Uh, look, it's going to be great. And, and part of what's been one of the most rewarding parts of, of my, you know, coming up on 12 years at the helm of this company has been our ability to have two days at 70.3 Worlds. And that turning that into a permanent thing has been fabulous. And if we can find a way to make it permanent here, that would be even better.
I agree. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for letting us accost you in the hall and, <laughs> and drag you into an interview. I really appreciate it. Being accosted in the hall is part of my job. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Okay. Well, I was personally kind of pleasantly surprised um, by how much I liked about what Andrew had to say. Um, so did you have any hot takes there, Haley? Yeah. I liked what he said about this isn't a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it. we can have m- – equal numbers and it's not taking away from anyone else. And I think that's important to remember, you know, this year and next year, as we see the number of age group women expanded and women getting their own entire day on Thursday. And I think that is a really, really good thing. I know that there's chatter about the cost and is it exclusive enough? Oh my gosh, this sport is exclusive enough. It is, <laughs> right? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, there is nothing easy about it. There is nothing easy about it at you know any any speed, anything. It is so difficult. And so, yes, you do deserve to be here. They do deserve to be here. The equal number of women do deserve to be here. And I also think that um, there are ways to to make it uh, somewhat affordable. It's never going to be a cheap sport ever, but I think that you kind of look at what I did this year, flying in, not super early, staying a little bit further away. Yes, I am, you know, out of the action a little bit, but I think it kind of shows that there there are different, if you get a little creative, which, you know, you have to do at a lot of races, um, get a little creative. I think it is possible, but um, and, and I think people will, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see how this goes, you know, with the traffic and I'm, I'm glad that they're trying it because I am a huge fan of 70.3 worlds having two days. I think I'm going to be a big fan of this and, you know, maybe it's going to keep me coming back. <laughs> so, um, I may have to come back in 2023 and, uh, see how, see how things play out because, um, I think it's just, it's really good for our sport. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And after we talked to Andrew, we decided we wanted to to see if we could get like a local take on the Ironman, just someone who's not involved in triathlon at all. And we found the perfect person in Lenora. So let's hear from her. Thanks for talking to us today. You're welcome. Uh, you've lived here for 38 years? Yes. Wow. Well, I've lived here longer than that, but in Kona for 38 years. In Kona. Wow. I lived in Hilo. I was born and raised in Hilo, so... 59 years. <laughs> wow. Do you love living here? Oh, yeah, I do. I love I love Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I love my home. <laughs> You're so lucky. Uh, yeah, I guess. I've, I've lived other places, and this is the place to be. Yeah. yeah. So, as a local, what is what is Iron Man Week like for you? Is it is it chaotic and busy? Do you like it? Do you hate it? What are your thoughts? Well, it's very chaotic because of the traffic and more people in. Um, have to be more careful about people on the roads, but at the same time, you know, it's good for the economy. Mm-hmm. It brings in a lot of, you know, revenue for the state. So there's pros and cons, you know. And they have this year; they've doubled up the number of people. Can you tell the difference? Yes, yes. I've heard. And there's two days of races. <laughs> crazy. Will you have trouble getting around? Um, well, now with the new infrastructure on roadways, it's a lot easier. Uh, years ago, it wasn't as easy. Everything was shut down, but they've built upper highways, so it makes things a lot easier. Right. And are your friends and family as relaxed as you are about about it, or are the people a little bit? They're probably the same. There's people who don't like it at all, and then there's people who, you know, are fine with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for answering a couple of questions. 
Okay, so that was fun. She was pretty chill. Like, she had a good attitude about Ironman. I mean, I was surprised. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it is... I've lived in touristy places, not quite like Hawaii. And I've also lived, you know, in Athens, Georgia, where you have a huge influx of people for football games. And I know that, you know, I was at the University of Georgia. I wasn't a local, but I have, I've lived some of those kind of situations with traffic and all of that. And I, I agree with her. There are pros and cons. And so I hope, I hope, you know, the community feels like Lenora and feels the pros outweigh the cons, but I definitely do agree with uh, the previous interview with Andrew about how we can be good stewards of the sport and recognize that we are visitors here. Absolutely. Do you feel any downsides to uh, racing on Thursday for yourself or is that just, are you just totally happy to go out there on a Thursday? Oh, I'm totally happy to go on a Thursday. I mean, I, I know that they there's been talk about, oh, everyone's at work, so they can't watch. And I mean, the race is so long and we're there's a pretty big time difference. So mostly it's it's I know it'll be a late night if you were watching maybe on the east coast of the US, but I think that it's always a challenging race to to really spectate while it's going on. Um, and you know, the nice thing is that the technology is better with trackers and everything like that. And I mean, I, I understand where Lenora was coming from with people have to get to work and I'm very hopeful that the the traffic planning that they have and how they are working you know with the road situation so that we can have a safe race and that the locals can get to work and every place that they need to get because it is a midweek race but I've spent plenty of time watching the Olympics watching Tour de France femmes and um other races that were midweek and I have no problem with a midweek yeah. <laughs> event that's what we said. We're like, maybe people are more likely to watch if they're sitting at their desk. Seriously. Especially yeah. if they work from home. You're right. It's like the <laughs> two day, first two days of like March Madness basketball when like no work gets done. Um, yeah, exactly. No, I think it's, I think it's good. I, I, and I personally prefer going first. <laughs> like, right. I think that's, uh, you know, I like going first. I, I mean, I can see where sometimes it's like, oh, you can watch how the race plays out and like get some, like, you know, some, uh, tips, but I think it's also just like, it's kind of nice to just be out there. And then you can always, if you are still here, you can stay and cheer and lounge and have a couple adult beverages. Is that your plan? No, my plan is actually, I'm actually leaving on Friday morning. You are? Yes. What? Like what right after the race? Yes. One of my really, really good friends is getting married. Dory is getting married on Saturday. So that's the other thing that a Thursday race allows me to do is possibly get to a wedding on Saturday. Be home for the weekend. Yes. So it's, she, Dory's a great friend, a big supporter, and she, um, you know, I'm really excited for her. So it's going to be um, interesting, you know, my jet lag and tan lines and hydration status but i'm gonna do my best your body won't even know what happened you'll just get home and it'll be like nothing happened <laughs> yes and then hopefully sleep for like a couple weeks after yeah i love it okay let's take another little break and then we'll talk to alana and olivia our favorite kids i used to think that winning an ironman triathlon would be the hardest thing i've ever done but after starting feisty media i realized that starting, growing, and running a business is in fact the hardest thing I've ever done. There are so many decisions to be made, and by that I mean so many things to wake up in the middle of the night worried about. Like, how do I actually make money? How do I manage my business finances? How do I build an audience? How do I grow my team? How do I manage that team? Who do I ask for business advice? And then on top of that, I need to keep learning myself and build my own skills as an entrepreneur, as well as surround myself with other like-minded entrepreneurs that I vibe with. 
It's been an extremely rewarding journey for me so far, but it's also been extremely challenging. So if you can relate to some or all of what I'm saying, I invite you to join us in Tempe, Arizona this fall for the new and improved Outspoken Summit. We've all been there, two hours into a long ride, nowhere near finished, but totally uncomfortable. Shifting back and forth and standing out of the saddle in an effort to ease the pain down there. But bike shorts and tri shorts should be comfortable. And that's why we are thrilled to have Core Sports as one of our sponsors. Core tri shorts have a revolutionary seam free chamois, which means no raised surfaces for chafing. And every stitch of Core's tri suits, cycling kits, swimsuits, and run clothing is designed with you, the woman endurance athlete, in mind. Yes, you can have it all. Speed and style, performance and comfort, function and fashion. Use the code KonaHot10 for $10 off at coresports.com. That's KonaHot10 for $10 off at coresports.com. Okay, so yesterday afternoon, um, Ellen and Ella and I went down to watch the uh, Iron Kids. I think there's a dip and dash, and then there's a one-mile run for kids. There were tons and tons of kids out there. Have you ever seen it, Haley? I have. I've watched it. I didn't get to watch it this year, but I have seen it before, and there are some fierce athletes. Right? It's a competitive little event with those kids. Yes, and like beautiful (laughs) running form, and just like, I'm like, wow, I mean, it is. I, I hope they come back and, you know, when they're a little older and race. And I mean, I wonder if there have been. We maybe need to do some research and find out if anyone has done like the Kiki kids race and then come back and race the full Ironman. Right. Like got their start down yeah, there. I know. Because I mean, some of those kids definitely are like, where are they now? Yeah. That would be good. Totally. And we found one of those. So it was actually, we went down to take photos. But actually, we, when we saw this girl run by, we're like, let's go find her and interview her. So we found a couple of girls to chat with. Um, just a heads up, our mic was super hot uh, but we we did want to share these interviews so the audio is a bit off but uh i think it's worth it so let's hear from alana and olivia i have alana here the winner of the one mile race here at iron kids congratulations alana what did you think of your race good it was good yeah we saw you you were absolutely flying how'd you feel out there good you felt good well, well we we couldn't believe how fast you were going you like running yeah. Do you uh, do you run with your mom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who who are you here with? Are you cheering on anyone? My dad, brother, and my brother. What else are you gonna do while you're here? Um, I'm gonna go to the beach, and my dad's gonna do the Ironman. Are you gonna run? What's your favorite sport? Wrestling. You're you're a wrestler. <laughs> That's incredible. You're. Is there anyone you'd like to thank for your race? My dad. She wants to thank her dad. So good luck to Alana's dad this weekend. Thanks so much, Alana. All right, Olivia, congratulations on your race. What race did you just do? Um, Iron Kids. You did Iron Kids? You know how far you ran? No. You don't? I think maybe it was about one mile. You ran one mile. Have you ever ran a mile before? Yeah. Yeah, you ran a mile? Do you run a lot? Not much. No? So did you do any training for this race? Yeah. Yeah, you did? Do you, do, do you train with your mom? Yeah. What did you think during the race? Were there lots of people cheering for you? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, and what was your favorite part about the race? Um, when I got my medal. 
when you got your medal. Wow. Well, congratulations, Olivia. Thank you so much for this interview. Uh, is there anyone you want to say hi to or thank? Um, yeah. Yeah? Who would you like to thank? Um, my friend Beatrix and Flo, because it's their birthday. It's whose birthday? Friend's birthday. It's a friend's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Olivia's friend. Okay, that was amazing. <laughs> Ellen did such a great job of interviewing those two. Hey? Yes, I mean, and happy birthday to Beatrice and Flo. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sound like it came out of a storybook. Um, that was uh, definitely an incredible, incredible race for both Alana and Olivia. <laughs> definitely. Okay, so Haley, speaking of racing, we are going to go out and cheer you on Thursday. Um, is there anything that we could say to you that might like help you on your way as we're cheering? Oh gosh. All I can think of right now is like heckles where you're like, you can start trying now. Or like, <laughs> it's not really that hot. No, that's the first thing. No, you look really hot. Like, no, don't say any of those. Okay. Wait, no, I got to say something good because otherwise people are actually going to say that. Um, yeah, no, you look great. <laughs> I think that one or like, go girl. No, I think, um, Go Haley. I mean, that's Haley, just that's stick like, with the basics. Yeah. Sticking with the basics. I know my brain is not known for like computing really quickly during races so and also that's the other thing like I'm always trying to do like the acknowledgement like thumbs up or something okay. but I like the grimace and like eh. but you know I'm saying thank you and appreciating all the cheers in my mind so I really really appreciate it I'm glad you guys are gonna be out there yeah I love um I actually love it like hearing my name because then you know somebody especially when you have like I would just have like gross you'd have like chura on yeah. your right so like if someone says your first name then you know that they know you so it's a that's good way true. that is true and yes anyone you can see me have bright yes. nails bright kit I will be I am bright green and yellow so You're green and yellow should be hard to miss yeah but um I know I'm I appreciate all cheers for sure well, thank you so much for being my co-host today. Really appreciate you and and th that you are the regular co-host of the Iron Women podcast. I'm sure all of our listeners will will be thrilled about this episode. Thank, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. It was great to uh, be part of the, wait, Feisty Crew? Wait, what the is feisty it? Crew. The Feisty Community. The Feisty Community. <laughs> <laughs>